candidate for Murrumbidgee for the ACT election on 17 October. And it's my pleasure today to have uh, the company of the federal member for Bean and former senator for the ACT, David Smith. Welcome, David, to our podcast today. Good day, Brendan. Good to be with you. Well, I'm going to let you give your spin on the budget, but first to say, as a brief introduction, my goodness, $213 billion of deficit debt, a trillion. These are very big numbers. Uh, what do you think is the broad position of the ALP in terms of this budget? Is the fiscal, uh, do you think the fiscal policy settings are basically right? Brendan, I think um, it would be wrong to say that um, we, we don't think that we need to do something about jobs and jobs over the next year. It's the it's the it's going to be the big issue, and that there are particular challenges uh, in uh, in youth employment. So you can actually understand to an extent where the government's coming from in terms of uh, big parts of. Uh, the budget that was delivered last night, but uh, look, I, I think uh, overall there's there's a couple of things that do need to be said, and uh, one is in fact is working through the detail of what's being proposed, uh, and uh, know what rigor has gone into the particular mechanisms that are going to be put forward before we know whether they're going to be effective. Uh, so there, and it's pretty reasonable for us to be sceptical about some of the claims. So for for example, you know, one of the great claims that's been put forward is that uh, we may see uh, 100,000 apprenticeships created uh, in the next 12 months in a program that's going to have funding for 12 months. Now, on the face of it, that seems like a pretty positive uh, announcement, but uh, I guess there are a number of concerns for me and particularly in my role on the uh, Education Caucus Committee, and, and they include, well, well, what does this mean for, does, does TAFE have the capacity to support such training? Uh, we know that we lost $3 billion out of uh, vocational education training over the, the last seven years. Um, apprenticeships don't go for one year. Uh, so it's all very well to uh, fund, or at least part fund the commencement of apprenticeships. But what happens after that? We're not actually doing ourselves a long-term favour if we end up uh, only uh, funding the commencement and then having a lot of unfinished apprenticeships. And, and on an issue like that, the government's actually got a fair bit of form because it was only two years ago and, uh, and a lot of people have short-term memories in this game, just as there are many who've got long-term memories, as you'd know too well. Uh, it's, uh, only, in 2000, only in 2018, the then Turnbull government, I think we can still safely say it's part of the same government, maybe, uh, they had a, they put forward a proposal for 300,000 apprenticeships, extra apprenticeships that I'm going to create over four years. Four years. That program was uh, going to cost one and a half billion dollars. Now, two years on, so you know, safely halfway through the duration of that program, what we've actually seen is the creation of maybe somewhere between eight to ten thousand additional apprenticeships. Uh, places. So not 
a long way short of um, yeah, way short. the 150,000 yeah. that you might expect. So I guess, you know, some of the, some of the scepticism that's coming through today is these might be some of the right areas we need to work on, but this government has a bit of a tendency to overpromise and under under deliver, um, and you know we've seen it with uh, some of the bush bushfire recovery funds. I think we had we've got one fund where two hundred million dollars was allocated to it. None of it's been used. Yeah. So look, um, interesting, but frightening levels of probably. Uh, I, I guess speaking as a as a as a moderate member of caucus, um, fairly frightening levels of of debt, and um, you know we've we've had. Um, the debt truck over the last uh, the last decade, and there's been so much uh, conversation around deficit, but we're we're seeing you know deficits into the foreseeable future on the basis of um, hopeful assumptions. Uh, so yeah, look, it's a, a really uh, bold in one sense um, budget, uh, but there's still a lot unknown. And probably there's still a lot that's a, a lot of questions for us to ask. I think about how how this how the programs are actually going to work. Uh, is the Australian taxpayer going to get anywhere close to uh, bang for their buck? Yeah, that's uh, their point. So I agree with David. <coughs> Excuse me. Of course, we can't give uh, Joshy Frydenberg, the treasurer. We can't give him credit for the you know the labour market tax credit to stimulate apprenticeships. In fact, of course, this was developed by Peter Dawkins in a paper not long ago from Victoria University when he identified that we do have an emerging tsunami, if you like, an emerging plague of youth unemployment. So his idea was to shift the traditionally blue-collar uh, apprenticeship program into a wider economy-based apprenticeship cadetship program coming with the sort of funding that goes with all apprenticeships. Um, so the, obviously the government's taken on a little bit of that, but uh, the Dawkins proposal was for a permanent change, not for an annual one-off change. So, I mean, here we're seeing, you know, a bit more optics than substance by the government. And I agree with you that there is going to be significant challenges in taking on an apprentice 200 bucks is not a week, it's not a lot um, for people under 30. And I also want to associate myself a little bit with the comments of Cassandra Goldie, who indicates that, that you know, there are a lot of people over the age of 35 who have been displaced from the labour market and they matter too. And um, oh, oh, Brendan, I, I've done, oh, Brendan, just without wanting yeah. to jump in. No, uh, no, you go for it. I was to say, and, and I've received a couple of emails from, uh, exactly those sorts of constituents who yeah. feel like they've been abandoned. Yeah. So there are gaps in, there are gaps here, um, I think. I mean, yeah, I agree with you that the fiscal policy settings are basically right and, uh, and the labour market proposal is good. In that sense, it's got elements of what I would see as a labour budget, but um, not quite enough. And, um, yeah, and, uh, it's not so much the volume of the deficit that I'm, you know, contesting in any way. I'm not contesting that. I just think that some of the labour market programs offered may not be as effective as as marketed. Um, what about the tax cuts? Um, what's your position? Uh, what? Where's the thinking on that, David? Well, well firstly, I might just uh, respond yeah. to uh, whether it's a, uh, you know, 
potentially ha- has labour overtones or yeah. or maybe undertones. I think look, yeah. um, there's an element of that. And there's look, let, let's let's face it. Even with what happened with JobKeeper, uh, the government was dragged to proposals that really came out of the labour movement. Um, yeah, that's right. And, but but in the implementation of those proposals, we we ended up with some perverse outcomes. And a good example of that was uh, I spent a bit of I spent a bit of time earlier today with uh, some Qantas workers who, yeah. uh, as you're probably well aware, are about to be uh, about to be outsourced. So mm-hmm. effectively, you know, Qantas has uh, been happy to not only just pocket JobKeeper, but then uh, almost in the next breath, decide to outsource you know key parts of their business uh, in in a way which will undermine pay and working conditions. And I think one of the real fears actually about what's being proposed here too is that there are some really perverse incentives um, uh, in that um, if I decide to um, hire someone um, that is, uh, has been on job, job Seeker and uh, falls into the, the youth demographic, then there's a perverse incentive to hire them and possibly let go of people who are not in that yeah. um, demographic. And, uh, and I think one of the real concerns from a Labor perspective is uh, depending on this is where the detail of such schemes are really important. Is you know how well, what's the well, where are the protections going to be to ensure that uh, companies don't um, abuse uh, such uh, possibilities in the way that um, some companies have have clearly taken advantage of the JobKeeper schemes as well too. Uh, I think that's you know that's 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 a, re- a real deep fear because of um, the you know particularly the practice of uh, of um, Qantas, sure, sure, sure. Um, but look, no, I'm, I agree. I'm, they're they're yeah, real risks. Um, on the on tax, the tax cuts. do you? I mean, Jim Thomas has made some comments uh, about stage two of the tax cut. Um, you know, what's your what's? I mean, uh, where do you think? Um, do you think that these are going to have the effect that, um, uh, that of stimulating um, consumption activity and so forth that the government hopes for? Oh, look, it, uh, I, I don't want to really cast a, a dampener here either. And uh, I think we we noticed that um, the stage one tax cuts didn't seem to have much of an impact at all. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and the stage two, I guess, because of the overall environment we're in, it's probably harder to see see them having that impact. So I think you know we obviously support stage two, but uh, and, and stage three, it's just yeah, it's it, it's quite 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 unlikely. Uh, it, it's really trying to uh, you know assume behaviour uh, despite um, many of the the circumstances having changed uh, in terms of the environment in which those tax cuts were initially going to be provided in. Um, yeah, it's 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 um, it makes yeah, it's it is uh, it's certainly uh, it certainly could be a once in a lifetime budget here, Brendan, on both the uh, both the uh, the cuts to revenue and the um, the expansion oh, yeah. of, of spending. Um, yeah, and um, revenues fallen fifty five billion, by the way, in, that's buried in budget, one of the budget statements. But the um, you know, I like the look of a tax system where most of the population, the working population, has a top marginal rate 
um, most of them have a marginal rate of 30%, right? With a higher rate for those on higher incomes. Economically, I think that is yeah. a good outcome. And, and, it, and it makes sense given what's happened with, uh, I guess, the way uh, much employment has been blurred with, uh, uh, dare I say it, um, people, people having the status of uh, company taxpayers instead. Sure. You're sort of aligning the rates there, which is which has, yeah. which, uh, which has positive effects. However, I would suggest a little bit, and call me cynical, David, but, um, you know, um, uh, as you know, I'm an academic, and us academics are to train cynics in some ways, and the, the, the um, tax cuts will effectively uh, have, you know, even though the, some of the withholding schedules will already reduce tax in the pay packets of some workers, for many, it will be when they lodge their tax return that they will get a nice... Ooh. Oh, and the time... Where will that be? Um, you know, maybe sometime, a couple of months before a federal election. So there might be um, a little bit of election timing going into the tax cut decision, I think. Oh, you, you, you have punctured... The, the romance of serious <laughs> politics there, uh, Brendan. It's, um, but dare I, dare I say it, your views are probably shared by many. Yeah. A couple of quick ones now, as we, because we don't want our viewers to be belayed, delayed with all of the thrilling details of budget policy. But the, uh, there was about $155 million worth of extra infrastructure promised for the ACT in the budget. That's essentially good. I mean, you know, the numbers are smaller than in other states, but look, you know, any investment infrastructure in the ACT is obviously a response to the Reserve Bank governor's uh, call to borrow effectively to do infrastructure. So, I mean, you know, um, those sort of um, those sort of developments, those sort of infrastructure spendings, I suppose, are welcome. Um, yeah. um, oh, <clears throat> absolutely. Look, uh, yeah. I guess the only thing to be aware of is that um, the the big component, which is uh, really about the uh, the Malonglo Valley Bridge, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the work on that, the, in a real sense, probably won't start till twenty twenty two. It's not even, you know, we're obviously not near a finalised design phase, so so it won't. Yeah. I, I think any attempt by say uh, my my good friend uh, Zed Selja to Suggest it's going to deliver jobs uh, next next year, and to combat uh, the pandemic, I think is uh, is probably a bit rich. And um, and look in relation to uh, a couple of the the smaller projects, there's a little bit that's um, I think a bit unclear. So it's where you know announcements you you want to probe a bit more into them. So so one of the some of it looks to me actually potentially like maybe it's just a bit of a a cost blowout in terms of some of the improvements on the Monero Highway. It's not, yeah, it's not obvious yeah. that um, it's actually well, any new infrastructure spend yeah, there, yeah. but maybe uh, a need for a bit more, um, a, a few more dollars to pay for it. Yeah, so um, that would be a clever way to mask it anyway. But the, um, oh, and just finally, perhaps, but, you know, the, uh, though I will give um, uh, the member for being the last word, of course, but the, uh, the um, uh, finally, just uh, as a Curtin resident, you know, I just noticed that there has been uh, six hundred thousand allocated for a plan for the diplomatic estate in Curtin horse paddocks. It seems to me that 
there might be potentially a little bit of conflict between uh, states and federal, states, ACC liberals and federal liberals there. Do you have a view on that? Well, well possibly, possibly their uh, MBN uh, connection broke down, Brendan. Uh, and, you know, yeah. if they're relying on uh, Paul, Paul Fletcher's uh, rollout, that wouldn't be surprising. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, look, um, I think one of the uh, real spin efforts by, by the local Liberals is, uh, is pretending that in some, in some way that um, this, this is a decision that they'll really be actively looking to, to reverse, knowing, knowing full well that um, the person who actually signed off on... Uh, on the on the uh, the land swap between uh, West Face and and uh, the Curtin horse paddocks was a uh, was uh, the minister for territories. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was effectively yeah. yeah, you know, one of one of um, one of Zed's colleagues, and so um, yeah, it's it's I, I think I think it would be um, it, it's it's nice to suggest that maybe maybe there's a bit of a disconnect, but um, I guess someone less generous would suggest that they probably knew that. Uh, uh, that that this was the case, and uh, that it wasn't really a, they're not really genuinely trying to uh, put a different position forward at all. Well, either way, I, mean, I agree, but I, I think myself that you know this is not a good look for uh, the um, the Liberals to be a bit at sea on this issue, and it does affect our residents in Curtin who have raised it with me. So, in, in any event, uh, just to conclude our podcast, I uh, I always give the um, you know the the guests the last word. So um, over to you, David. Well, um, uh, Brendan, I think what it plays to too is uh, the effectively the choice that uh, ACT voters have, and uh, and the clear choice that they actually have in this election is they can support uh, a, a team that's got pretty. Pretty clear, uh, a clear record in terms of competence across all areas of government, um, and and has a, a number of um, great candidates such as yourself uh, who bring uh, some real depth of expertise in such matters to uh, a government team, with a team that, um, quite frankly, aren't even on the old plates. And uh, you know, this is an example where maybe they thought there were a few a few votes in it but uh it's hard to hard to take them seriously so um let's let's hope they don't have a role to play in the framing of the next federal budget either thank you david always a pleasure to talk to you <laughs> thanks brandon